This episode's brought to you by everynowheremusic.com. Yep, you got that right. That's yours truly. So if this is an endeavor you'd like to support, please come and sign up for my newsletter at everynowheremusic.com. Every nowhere or every now here, depending on whichever way you prefer to look at it. How's it going, folks? We are into our 74th episode, I think. Truth be told, I haven't actually checked records but i'm guessing this will be our 74th episode blimey that's quite a bit huh i hope all is well uh, again i have been slacking slightly on the regularity of these episodes because i've been touring quite a bit and lots of new studio sessions coming up and um, new music releases happening those of you who subscribe to my newsletter will hopefully be uh, kept abreast of this and if not please do go join my mailing list it is an extremely uh what's the word i'm looking for sincere display of my attempt to keep in touch with my audiences and all of you who've been supporting my work over the years. I try and write a newsletter out every week if I can and there's a whole bunch of offers I put out as well with regards to my mentorship, my new music, a bunch of blog posts I write in context to my work and my academy, the Holistic Musician Academy. So please go join that main list if you want to be kept abreast. Right, this is a very, 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 very special episode because this guy Nikita Dumpas, first of all, he's a freaking rock star. He's like one of those history-making figures in a part of the world many don't know play an enormous role in the music industry in this day and age. Indonesia, Jakarta, in the heart of it all. And Nikita Dumpas is one of the most striking figures in its contemporary music right now. And here's the thing, we go back like two decades at a time when we were both just really college students figuring shit out. So two reasons this episode's super, super special. One, I finally get to catch up with this dear friend of mine after like two decades. And as you'll notice, it, it doesn't sound like we talk for the first time in two decades, which just goes to show the kind of bond you make at a certain, in certain ways, you know, in certain scenarios. Two, Nikita Dampas is a rock star. I just realized I mentioned that already. So that makes it three reasons because of which this is a special episode. And the third one is, this is our first short form episode that we're putting out in a long, long time. Two reasons for this. One, I want to start experimenting with short form because for those of you who don't know, the taping sessions of these podcasts are now open to all if you register. No replays. So the taping session is something you can be a part of. You can post questions, be part of a Q&A team. And that's where the real long form shit goes down. So if you want to be part of like legit long form, please come and join us for the taping sessions. There's always announcements which go out. And... I've noticed that short-form conversations have a charm of their own. That being said, full disclosure, we had super, super, super issues with the audio. Uh, it was one of those very, very crowded traffic situations in Jakarta. Nikita barely made it in time to the taping session and uh, the result was it was either do the recording session with the audio quality we could get and just get a conversation going or reschedule and this appointment took almost a year and a half because this is one of the most busiest men in Indonesia. So long story cut short, welcome back. This is probably the longest intro I've ever spoken on but as a trade-off we get a short form podcast conversation with my very very dear friend Nikita Dombas. I hope you enjoy. All right let's do this. Hello fellow beings, welcome to Tapasya Loading, a safe space to attempt honest, raw and authentic conversation in homage to the ancient act. 
Dude, we are live on tape. Welcome, Nikita. Happy to be here, bro. <laughs> it's been almost two decades, I think. Yes. 2002 is the last time we met. Uh, probably, yeah. It's almost, yeah. 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Was it the first or the second edition of the Indonesia Open Jazz Festival? We met as music students and in the meantime, you're like a rock star. Congratulations and mad respect. I'm so proud of you and the way you've built your career. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I have super, super fond memories of that tour in Indonesia. For one, it was the first year I had actually toured internationally. I was 22. Yes. I don't think I've ever had such a gracious host ever um, since then. All the tours I've done since. Wow, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, I remember the camaraderie, this whole two-week festival where we were jamming every night and hanging out together. Every night. Every night, man. And, uh, every night. And the food and just the collective <laughs> hanging out at college, everything. It was just a dream. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better first year of international touring ever. It's, it was an absolute blessing. Yes, yes, yes. How have things been since then? I remember, you know, and I, I don't know if I told you then, but I remember even then you were one of my favorite guitar players. And I still remember that. Yeah, we had similar tastes. I remember you'd done this arrangement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Miles ahead. No, what was my? It was uh, that 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 that. What's that? Milestones. Milestones. And you'd done a drum and bass version together with <laughs> Zulam. Zulam. I love that version. <laughs> I remember vibing immediately. Yes, yes. That's where I like to start, Nikita. Would you say you're Indonesia's first or second generation of jazz musicians? Uh, I would say the third, probably. Third generation. Yeah, 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 Wow. So your earliest memories growing up as a kid in Indonesia, yeah. in Jakarta. Yeah. How do you think you ended up becoming a jazz musician, and what were your earliest memories of music? Born in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Were you born in the eighties as well? Just about seventy nine. So. Well, it's not that far from me. I'm. I was born in eighty one. So started listening to music when I was, I think, four or five. I have a fond memories of uh, renting a video, mm -hmm. uh, Top of the Pop, New Wave Stops, Echo and Red, Bad Shield, you know. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. I was actually in London. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so I was actually in London while Live Aid was wow, happening, so dude. yeah. Lucky yeah. you. Kind of, yeah. So, back in the days, my, my uncle, uh, he lived in uh, D.C., and I asked him to just, you know, just uh, record all the concert here mm. and whatever. You know, I started listening to music uh, right about that age. And uh, mm -hmm. I even remember the first uh, cassette that I, 1988, just a new version of uh, Bon Jovi, Slippery When Wet. Oh, I love that one. In 1996, Britpop was very big in Indo back then. Yeah? Uh, uh, like, like Oasis, Blur. Lightning Seeds, ah. you know, those two, they were very, very big, very, very, Morrissey, it was very big, the Smiths, the mm. Cure, or 97, mm. it's like, I remember, I, I was at my friend's house, uh, suddenly, and me a tape off Incognito, and... Ooh, love those guys. It sounded... Do you remember the first difference that jumped out at you? Chords. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You, you live in London once, so you know how big was acid jazz records. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's where it came from. You know, back in the days, and in, in the 90s, when you can actually open a tape and then see all the credits, right? Who's mixing this? Who's composing this? Who played drums? Who played the bass? I know, right? I miss that so much. Right? I love reading your stuff. You know, uh, 
but I really want to know who they listen to form the band. Smart boy. I think when in one of the lyrics, it was Miles and Train was there. And I was, you know, I was searching who was Miles, who was Coltrane. Interesting. Fusion was very big in Jakarta, in Indonesia. Okay. In the 80s. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, Spire Jaya and uh, like Yuzap. Oh yeah, I love those guys. I went to the in 97 to Jakarta Jazz. Yeah. I was there just, just to see Incognito. Mm-hmm. So I worked at the Jazz Festival. I was, always, I was so amazed by that. Oh, there are different types of jazz. Funky mm. jazz. Straight ahead, swing. They had, there's like free jazz or some. They didn't have electronics, but it was in the 97. Mm. So it gave me more curious. 2001 changed my life. I went to Fiona. Right. Yeah. She changed my life, though. I can imagine. She's the kind of person who does change lives. You know her, though. No? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. She changed my life, too. It's, so, there's always a pre-Diviana life and a post-Diviana <laughs> life. So, I think so. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Tell me how Diviana changed your life. Well, well, actually, Andra uh, forced me to go into the workshop. Oh, so Adia is the guy. Mm. At the workshop, she changed my life. Do you remember the first time that you played at the jam session? I played Billy's Bounce, I think. I think it was Billy's Billy's Bounce. I think okay. I think it was Billy's Bounce. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Minor pentatonic yeah. all the way. That that can work pretty well for a guitar player actually. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, right? I always hated guitar players for you know getting away with that because you can't really get away with that shit on the piano as much. It, it starts to sound lame after the first chorus. I didn't know how to read better. Uh, were you uh, one of the diploma students? I can't remember. I remember you were hanging out, but were you like enrolled in the courses? Yes, yes. So that's where your formal college study started. Yes, yeah. Yes, that's when I started. I mean, musical generally is a bit of a crash course. What did? What was your first step after graduating? Thousands of people go to music college, but not everyone managed to build a successful career afterwards. Oh, thank you. Although it's interesting, all the people I met at the Daya Music Institute that year, they've they've all gone on to, I mean, at least the ones I remember, you, Indra, Alpha, yeah. uh, they've they've all gone on to build very successful careers. Titi, although she's not an actress now, from what I remember. Yeah, she, 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 yeah she's an actress. But. You've all kind of, you kind of went on to be stars in your own right what do you think is the reason behind that uh maybe because the slots was em- was empty mm. <laughs> mm. so you were building history yes yes uh, i must agree to that mm. there were not many jazz musicians back then young jazz musicians kind mm. of had to fill in the gap mm-hmm. the that was very strict you remember, right? Uh, yeah, sure, I remember. I mean, I wasn't studying under her full time. I, th- I think Diviana is also the kind of person who modifies her pedagogy depending on the student. So she was never very strict with me. Uh, she kind of took a different because she she knew I was always already dealing with a very strict professor. The little bit of studies I did with her, she was actually very kind and very lenient with me. But I can imagine that she might have taken a different um, approach depending on the students. Yes, definitely. She's very uh, sensitive that way. Yes. But it's not a cookie cutter approach she takes with all students. Yeah, yeah, she she didn't take the cookie cutter. I mean, the way I gather, she kind of built the first generation of college educated jazz musicians yes. in Indonesia. Yes. Correct me yes. if I'm wrong. No, no, you're right. So it was a very, uh, very serious responsibility to take on. And she's obviously done a fantastic job. So I can imagine that it might have been very strict because Asia can, you know, not, not all Asian countries are known for its strengths and discipline. Yes, I know. I know. I know Korea is. <laughs> yeah, there's 
Korea, Japan, are pro- I think these are the exceptions, right? In the Asian countries, they seem to have a very, or even China, I'm guessing, not to make blanket statements here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I know, you know, Southeast Asian countries have a very different approach, um, generally. Yes. A little more laid back. Yes. Sun, sunshine lifestyle. Sunshine lifestyle. <laughs> That's what. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many people from the West now who move to Indonesia for the sunshine lifestyle. I <laughs> yes. mean, Bali. Yes. Bali's like a hub spot for digital nomads and all. You know, it's, it's, it's a little crazy. Oh, yeah. That, that does. I haven't been there yet, but uh, I mean, it, it's it's like the sunshine lifestyle is definitely a thing at this point for the whole world, chasing it. So I digress. Uh, tell me um, how how things panned out once you left college. What do you think were your first steps in building your career the way you did? Um, when I first was graduated, we had a contract with the school. Oh. So we, we had a contract. We had to teach in Daya for a year. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's one of the way passing the torch. Uh-huh. That's actually a really interesting system. Right? Yes. Was, How did that go? I did teach there for uh, four years. At the same time, uh, there was a new school opening outside of Jakarta, like around an hour or so, where they mm-hmm. just opened a new contemporary faculty there. I was there for one and a half year when I realized that teaching is not for me. Oh, interesting. I love being on stage. Mm-hmm. My, my girlfriend back then asked me. So we were about to get serious. We were about to get married. She, she was actually bluntly asking me, like, how much do you make a month? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm very proud of doing what I do. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, it's not going to be enough. We cannot pay for our rent. Why don't you come back to me and figure things out? Mm. I love being on stage. But I, I tried everything. I played at weddings. I, I tried to be a sideman. Mm. Uh, she asked me, so, so what, it, what it is that you really like? Sounds like you really lucked out big time with your girlfriend. <laughs> She's nope. obviously a very astute, uh, intelligent observer of things. Yeah, she is. All well, right, until yeah. now. Now she's my wife. So yeah, yeah. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. A little belated, but yeah. <laughs> so I came back with like, you know what I want? I want to be a musical director. Mm. And she was like, what is that? Ah, uh, so I I direct music for pop artists or nice. And then she said like. Is that actually a, a gig like that in Indo? Mm. 2009, I was like, no, because... Interesting. Because back in the days, singers, like pop singers, they would just go and sing. It's either minus one or they will go with home bands, whatever they go. So if you go to Jakarta, uh, you go to this hotel, you, or you perform at this corporate event, uh, the event organizer said, oh, we have a home band here. And okay, I'll play with it. So there were no, there were no actually opportunities. There, there, there were a lot of op- opportunities of doing that, but there were no identity of the singers. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. just sing whatever. There were no different arrangements. I soon to be wife asked them, so what are you going to do about that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the singer and I'm going to offer her my, my concept of her performance. So uh, mm-hmm. there, there, there was a, like a pop jazz singer. Her name is Anlin. You know, before I went to Defiana, I, I, I toured with her in the middle of the tour. I guess stopped touring. I, I wanted to go to school. <laughs> she was like, what? Okay. And then, and then after that, right after that, after I went to school and then I had this conversation. Mm. What, so what do you have in mind? 
she was like, we can try. If you have an event, if the budget suits, just tell me and, and try to arrange themselves. So your wife, was she into event planning or event management? No, she's a homemaker. Okay. <laughs> and an interior design. Wow. It's a very different branch. But she loves to challenge me. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> Love it. It's good for me, though. I think uh, oh, absolutely. I would tend to agree. It's like one of the best qualities to have in a partner, someone who challenges you in a good way. Amen to that. And um, I think my career started off from that, from 2008, seeing her in arrangement, you know, a formal band for her. And apparently the client loved it. It's not just some kind of corporate uh, performance. You really think about it. Mm. So she, she got a lot of you know, upcoming gigs. And she told me like, so from now on, you better be my musical director. I told her like, okay, uh, I know sometimes the budget, mm -hmm. if you have to travel to, mm -hmm. or you got to sing at the wedding, mm -hmm. and they already have a home band. All you have to do is just, we just travel together. I'm going to yes. rehearse the band. They need to help me to, to help, uh, you know, like playback uh, track. I'm going to provide them with that. So that's what I've been doing ever since 2008. So I have different singers that I work with. Most of them are Indonesian divas. So, yeah. And, and, and yeah. you know, because serving them is, 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 is a privilege for us as well, because mm -hmm. they, I think those singers, they have a lot of things in like what to wear, how, how to do the makeup. Mm -hmm. what, we, what they need is when, when they get out on stage, it's just to pour everything and have fun with it, right? Yeah. So the, the audience will get the best output from the singers. So what yes. we need to do is, is like just prepare a musical side. And then at the same time, when I started, where are you based out here? Are you in Germany still? Are you in Berlin? Yeah, probably, yeah. Primarily Berlin. Yep. I, I do my I do a few winter residencies in India and in Asia as well. Okay, but yeah, I'm, I'm primarily based in Germany. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think things are uh, different in the Indo and Berlin. What do you think the differences are, Nikita? Events, mm -hmm. because yeah, we have a lot of corporate events, mm -hmm. uh, and what I know is uh, in the and then in Europe or in or in the, like in, in the US. Uh, Musicians get by uh, agencies to do touring, right? Well, most of used to be, or not used now. to be. Oh, no, it's not that. Not, not as much anymore. I mean, it's okay. become a little more DIY. Also, Europe oh. and US have very different infrastructures oh, because okay. um, Europe, Europe still has a lot of state funding for the arts, so uh, artists okay. um, tend to be a little more dependent on governmental structures oh. uh, than okay. in the US. US is a little more entrepreneurial, so if you're an indie musician you really have to kind of you're kind of on your own and you need to figure out all of your shit on your own i know because i work okay. for a i work for a u.s firm as well as i work as an artist coach and writer for an artist development firm in new york so i have some connections in the oh, u.s okay. and europe works very differently uh, you know the okay. general scene it's controlled by this government so there's always this infrastructure you have to kind of collaborate with to create events and so on you know it's a little more academic slash sociocultural slash wow. political almost in europe oh wow it's definitely different here yeah yeah i know um i would guess um the infrastructure i'm guessing and i'm actually very interested on your thoughts in indonesia is kind of similar to india which is also a lot more corporate led yes um, yes Yes, you are right. I'm guest faculty at a conservatory in India as well. So some of the students I work with, the artists, I noticed that their events, their performances, their entire portfolio is very dependent on the corporate sector in a way. Yes. 
So what would I like to, to say to you now? Yes. Little that I know, it leads me to different areas of music that I haven't known. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that thing was this type of kick, this type of kick. I didn't know. All I know is music is teaching, performing, producing. That's what I know. Yeah. Or, and arranging. That's yeah. what I know. Right. I also produce on the side. Still produce, though. Uh-huh. I got orders from label to produce different type of music. Nice. My first award was actually a rock. I produced a rock record. Awesome. They got an award in Malaysia. I, I had an opportunity to produce Indonesian's, uh, one of the Indonesian's legends. It's all right. Mm-hmm. I, I got an, like the, the Indonesian Grammy of the best album, best pop and best jazz album as well. I, get, I did get that. I still produce, but not as much as I... Mad respect. I have a free gift for you, my friend. No strings attached, legit free gift. What if you could have your entire career as an independent musician presented to you on one page? All of the aspects you needed to be aware of, starting from creativity to collaboration, stuff most musicians are a little less privy to, like PR, other aspects of music business, down to self-care, and a very lucid display of how all of these elements are interlinked what if you could have one page which gave you an overview on all of that i can give you that page and it's up for a completely free download please go check the episode notes you'll find a link there one page an entire overview of an independent musician's career and in case you're wondering why i'm doing this i want to build an ecosystem of holistic happy musicians Musicians and artists who are building their careers in a fulfilling manner on their own terms. So, if this is something that resonates with you, go download the Artist Roadmap. Okay, so, bullet round, Nikita Dumpas. Okay, first question. Your favorite guitar player? Charles Cofield. Your favorite non-guitar playing artist? Miles Davis. Bang on. Okay, your uh, top five albums for an island. When you're stranded on an island, top five albums. Um, wow. Um, kind of Blue, A Go-Go by John Schofield. Probably I need to have the, the best of Babyface. Uh, nice, I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three, I love Babyface. And then um, I think uh, whatever, uh, whatever CDs about Tchaikovsky will, will, will be nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that 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 qualifies as first number five. Last one. Uh, no, last one. Number five is uh, I can listen to this all, every day. Pearl Jam ten. Oh yeah, that is a really awesome collection of albums, actually. All right, top albums. Okay, your favorite guitar? Fender Telecaster. Oh yeah, totally with you, man. Your ideal recording scenario? So either like studio, is like specific, or like open air. You know, ideal recording scenario. Uh, we'll have to try to record the Electric Ladyland. Never been there. Ah, awesome. So okay, Perfect. those settings make me happy. Yeah. Wow, I hadn't thought of that in a while. Actually, I, I, I was I, maybe it was my stereotypical thinking. I thought your ideal recording scenario would be somewhere in the sunshine life, somewhere on an island, <laughs> mobile recording setup. <laughs> but that's probably my, my stereotypical projections. No, that makes a lot more sense actually. Electric this sounds great. Okay, your dream band. So your dream bass player, dream drummer, dream oh, I tried, piano I tried, player, trumpet once. Yeah. I tried this one, but you know, okay, definitely Mark Giuliano on drums. 
Nee. Maar <laughs> Tim Levev. Tim Levev on bass. Ooh, uh, good choice. Can I have two keyboards? Yeah. <laughs> I, ha- I-, I would have uh, Robert Glasper on the piano, I guess. But I would love to have Big Yuki. Oh, that, I love that guy, yeah. Oh, he's so funny. He, I'm, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's, a, you know, he's a cool guy. Uh, he's probably going to work him. something probably gonna work something out with him you know one of the days with nice. yuki yeah, awesome very cool dude uh, and funny as hell and, so are you uh, friends with him yeah 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 yeah. a drummer of mine is a uh, a friend friend with him and then he came to java jazz last month and you know we just hit it off just like that who else uh singer probably i would love to have uh shaka khan will be nice mm. uh, shaka yeah. khan will be nice oh uh did i have i have a bass player uh saxophone Saxophone, oh. trumpet. Trumpet. There's a big tie between Donnie McCaslin or Chris Barter. I'll go with, with, with Donnie McCaslin because okay. he played with David Bowie. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and trumpet, last not least. Uh, uh, last but not least, trumpet. Trumpet. Uh, Ambrose, I came in today. I actually have been helping this Javajas Festival for the last six or seven years. Mm-hmm as the festival coordinator or or the curator mm-hmm. so so uh i've been lucky enough to meet a lot of great jazz musicians and then uh, book them as well you know uh we had this year we had antonio sanchez uh amazing with yuki like sadler and you know wow it's amazing yeah antonio is badass man wow I, I was his, uh, he, uh, needless to say, he's not going to remember this, but I was his uh, manager for a day. Where was that? In, uh, in Freiburg, like that was 2000, uh, what, 2006 or five. Oh, he was there with Pat Metini, uh, the Pat Metini. Oh, okay. the, 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 the trio? Yeah, Scott Colby, um, Anthony Sanchez and Pat Metini. And I was one of the student reps who were basically in charge of making sure no one disturbs them during rehearsal because uh, oh. they were rehearsing at, at the college I was at. Yeah, and I've said this before on a few podcasts. It, it is, you know, the craziest thing is they went in and played in the same room we would rehearse in every day as students. Yes. The same amps, the same drums, the same equipment, all of a sudden sounds like straight off straight off the <laughs> shit you've grown up on from the CD player. It's like, yes, I what know. just happened? Hey, people play that drum kit every single day. People use that bass amp every single day. Same guitar amps, and all of a sudden, it sounds like a Pat Metini record when these three guys, <laughs> same room, same gear. I think that was like just a huge revelation of uh, what it really can boil down to. Nikita, it's been awesome catching up with you, man. Is there anything oh, you would like to share from your side as, a, as an artist uh, before we kind of taper off? Anything you'd like to share with your audience? I think you just need to know where you're, I think, how do you say this? You, you, you really know, you need, really need to know where your place is. If you're doing a, a concert for your own, it's a different game. But if you're doing a concert for someone else, you know, you, have, you, know, you need to know how to, to serve others in, in, a, in a musical sense. Because being a musician, you know, sometimes don't, don't take everything personal. Yeah, don't take it personally. It's a tough one. I mean, I've, I've struggled with it too. I probably still do. It's such a personal relationship with music. It's easy to forget that it. the idea is not to make it about ourselves. The music is yes, always bigger yes. than us. Music yes, is always yes. bigger than us. It is. It is. And uh, it sometimes, is. Uh, even though it's bigger than us, the very purpose of it might be to serve a client. 
and or a specific event, but even that, it's still, even that is bigger than us. I recently just challenged myself to launch my 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 own orchestra. And really? This, no, I didn't know that. No, no, I just I just launched my, my that is amazing. Yeah, it's, now you, know, you tell me. Um, and uh, and I I did play my arrangement of that song, but with the bigger settings. So, you know, it's all. Yeah, I, I I launched my 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 orchestra for this. You know this uh, this uh, uh, one of the oldest band in Indo. Uh, uh, they were celebrating their seventy seventh birthday, and mm-hmm. in, in the biggest uh, it was so it's a it's a present from the company to the staffs. There are like forty five thousand mm-hmm. people in the soccer stadium, the the biggest in Indo. And had the opportunity to launch my orchestra there. Well, I was like, well, in this 40 plus plus, just challenged myself to do this. And and I was I I, I was remember I, I remember uh back to the gig last year when my arrangement, which I was very proud of, was not played because of the audience situation, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's it's getting played with the bigger, bigger sounding, in front of mm-hmm. forty five thousand people. I was like, "Well, sure works in a mysterious way." Oh yeah, <laughs> indeed. The destiny does have its own way of figuring things. Yes, out. I know. Um, that seems like a good note to taper off on. Um, yes. Where is the best way to find your music, Nikita? online um, we'll have all links on the episode notes uh, yeah i i have uh i think i i made a playlist on uh, spotify of the song that i produced nice and and also have my my band tomorrow people ensemble also on spotify nice. uh so instagram instagram is a good place to find you online yeah yeah definitely i am okay, i'm so always on instagram it's like nice. at nikita at nikita dom n-i-k-i-t-a-e-o-m-p-a-s that's it Okay, Nikita Dumpas at Nikita Dumpas. Um, j- just in case anyone is only listening and doesn't have the opportunity to check the episode notes, but all of these links will be included on the episode notes. All right, folks, I'm just going to check if there are any questions from the audience just to make sure. Gratitude from the bottom of my heart for listening to the very end. Please consider taking a minute to subscribe to our show so you know when the next episode is out. This is a labor of love, one I hope snowballs into one that's sustainable in its attempt to support independent thought and authentic relating. And having you as a regular member of our audience is what makes that a realistic prospect. Much love and talk soon. Just another voice added.